Good to see everybody today. Worship was rich, wasn't it? It was just uh, wonderful. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. I, I, I should probably correct that. I should say Jesus is rich. You know, he's just the, it's just the Lord on the wings of the worship, so to speak. It's just so wonderful to experience God. And Lord, we just thank you for every time we get to do that. It's just uh, so pleasant to be in your presence and uh, so uh, blessed to be in the house of God today. So I want to talk today about remembering the benefits of being loved by God. I think sometimes we don't even know we are loved by God or wonder if we are anymore because something bad happened, something that just uh, is intimidating has happened, and we just wonder where God is. But God always loves. He never forgets. He never goes on vacation. He never takes a break. He's full-time in this job of loving and blessing us and uh, resting on us. And so sometimes it's just really powerful when we just remember some key scriptures and remembering God's benefits. What do we uh, receive from this walk with the Lord? And uh, what does he have for us? And what does the scripture reveal? And it's actually uh, quite amazing as you begin to understand the passage of scripture, what God really has done and is doing for us and promises to do. So I'd like to start here as we think about the benefits God's given us with 1 John 1, uh, 5. And um, I love this passage here. It's just really a foundational passage, but it's so important that we understand the information and then also the love behind the information today. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And I, I like that part. We have fellowship with one another. We always think of how we do with God. But when we're walking with God, there's this unique, beautiful fellowship that happens between us, right? Boy, last night we had this women's gathering, and it was like, wow. It was like I, I wasn't a woman, but I was hoping to stay, you know. I got a little bit in there talking to him a little bit there, but it was just so great. I was just hanging around and... Just the fellowship and the belonging and the sense of love and uh, just uh, beautiful. Uh, truly, we have fellowship with one another. And fellowship is not only natural, but it's supernatural. With God, it's different with friends. You know, it's, it's different. It it's, goes way beyond the normal boundaries of being a friend. Uh, there's this the Lord part in there that we have to give to one another. So if we walk in the light and see us in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' his Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also uh, for the sins of the whole world. So it's important to sort of start there, because when God sent Jesus, all the promises of the Bible become accessible to us for all who put their trust in him. And what's the qualifier is we just simply receive Jesus Christ by faith, make him our Lord and Savior, and sometimes making him our Lord and Savior, like it's... It is dependent on us, but it's not at the same time because God has this little thing he does. If you really do mean 
to really do on a walk with God, he sends his spirit, the very supernatural presence of God inside of you so that you can walk it out. In other words, he helps you. And the qualifying door is that you just admit that you've sinned, that you that you are apart from God, that you can't even be less sinful without him. That's part of it as well, right? And uh, just that simple thing, uh, it's an amazing turning point in a person's life. Lord, I, I cannot be good without you. There's a little pride there that has to go. Sometimes it's a big pride. Sometimes it's so big it keeps us away from God. Wait a minute, I'm okay, you know, I, I'm a good person most of the time. But not good enough. Your righteous works are like filthy rags without the atoning blood of Jesus. Not that they're not good, not that they're not useful, but compared to where you need to be in terms of holiness and access to God, and I would say the true benefits of walking with God, you can't get there in your own strength. You can just humble yourself and ask God to give you the strength. Repent, turn, just say, Lord, I can't sustain this. I I need your help. I need you. If it was just a matter of philosophy that you would need it, that would, that would be fine, you know. You can get it in varying proportions, but you need far more than philosophy. Even the best philosophy is going to take some energy, and you're not going to have it without something on the inside of you, someone supernatural to walk with, to talk with, and even to reveal the benefits of walking with God. Half the reasons why people don't experience all of God's benefits, which are numerous and varied and cover every area of life, is they don't even know about them. They didn't know that was possible. They didn't know they could get that one. They didn't know that that was in the deal, so to speak, right? So, And it is in the deal. Nowhere in the Bible are the benefits of our salvation expressed more clearly than Psalm 103. This psalm describes what God has in mind for all of us who receive by faith the righteousness and justice purchased for us by Jesus on the cross. This death and resurrection that he endured for us actually purchased something for us. And so in the New Testament, it describes all that was purchased. In the Old Testament, in advance, uh, describes what we get by walking with God, right? And uh, and so this, all these blessings that we see in the Old Testament were actually fulfilled uh, through what Jesus did for us. First dying on the cross, resurrecting from the dead, then sending the Holy Spirit, and all of those things, which were incomplete, really, as written in the Old Testament, without the New, without Jesus. But here, now, and this time, uh, after Jesus, and for all that receive him, all these promises that we see in Psalm 103 are available to us. So let's just read these promises. This is one of the best chapters in the whole Bible, as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't read it enough because of what's in here. When I think of this, what's in here as for me, it, it actually applies to me. You know, it's not just a dusty poem written somewhere, but all this is what God's offering me. It puts the whole thing in a whole different light, okay? Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And here they go. Who forgives all your sins. Aren't you glad that just 90% of them aren't forgiven, but... You know, or there's always that one, you know, you think, wow, I wonder if God really can get, <laughs> get me past that one, right? No, all, everyone, all your sins. I'm looking at a bunch of forgiven sinners. Some of you know all about it in your life. Some of you know all about me, right? <laughs> and they're numerous and varied, and they make a great testimony, but we wouldn't want to go do that again, <laughs> right? 
and heals all your diseases. And some of that hasn't happened yet for some of us. But many of us have been through horrible, horrible physiological situations, mental issues, whatever. That promise is still there even if you haven't received yours yet. And that's the whole dichotomy. Some of these things we've received, some things haven't come yet. So this is what's on the menu for what you haven't gotten to eat yet, right? (laughs) Boy, aren't you glad that the Bible says such dramatic things? Heals uh, only a couple of uh, things, you know, in your life, you know, maybe some of the lighter stuff. (laughs) Maybe if you hold your mouth just right, you know, you might get some of this good stuff, right? No, all your diseases, all of them. The worst ones, the cancers, the serious things, the little ones, everything. That little hit you have in your back that's driving you crazy, (laughs) that horrible life-threatening disease, that mental issue, you're dealing with all your diseases. Verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit. Anybody had their life redeemed from the pit? (laughs) Straight out of prison. Straight out of prison, bro. I love what you got on there. What does that say? Is that the, the ministry? <laughs> so I don't know if you caught all that. He said you shouldn't be feeding these people drugs. You can give them food and help and blessing, and that's what he does, right? Where is that in the Inland Empire? In the San Bernardino. Yeah, awesome. So who redeems your life from the pit, right? You know all about it, but we all do, right? Most of us are much closer to the pit than we know. It's a, a pretty dramatic explanation. Uh, but for all of us, we're all the same in the same predicament. Uh, the worst pit of all, right? And he redeems your life from that. He crowns you with love and compassion. Not only in that life, there is a crown in that life, many crowns actually, but there is a crown in this life. He blesses you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. Sometimes people get so super spiritual about good things. I think we can be in agreement with God about most of what's a good thing, right? Even small things. Things that maybe are important to us. Good things. Those kind of things. Sometimes I delight in some of those the most, you know. That God would delight in some of those things, you know, that maybe seem fairly unspiritual. But I don't know why. I I just like them, you know. Some of you like horses, you know. (laughs) Some of you like baseball, (laughs) Angels aren't doing too good, but anyway, so some of you like whatever you did. Whatever it is, good things, lots of good things, lots of good things. Matter of fact, that's one thing I found as I got to know God better and better. I find out that this borderline between what's good gets wider and wider, you know. He's far more generous, far more aware of all the things in our life that would make us happy, that encourage us. He's not a spoiled sport in any way. He's far more than that. Many times he'll come right through that door that you think God doesn't even like or care anything about and goes right through that door and brings some of your greatest blessings and some of your greatest joy. You think God's separated from that? No. If you like it, it's not sinful. He likes it, right? (laughs) Right? You understand? I think this passage is really important. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. When something good happens, do you ever have that just pick you up again, put you... Feel you full of life again, that blessing God brings, something in your life, something that someone brings some flowers at a specific thing, or somebody brings a help, a, even a drink of water sometimes, you know, or whatever it is, from all that simple stuff to maybe things more 
profound. Maybe we're artists and we love to draw and we finally get this amazing painting uh, right. We, we do it, you know, or maybe we're given something like that or whatever it is. It's huge. But there are things that make us feel lighter, feel fresher, feel alive again, right? So I think it's so amazing that God promises that. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. So if you're oppressed in any way, know anybody, God's already busy working righteousness and justice for them. He's already helping the situation. That's just what he does. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, thank God, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high, listen to this, as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Wow, that's pretty high. That's pretty deep. So far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's what we said at the beginning. If we confess our sins, we just say, God, I did it. He's faithful and just to forgive us, to remove those sins, those transgressions, those mistakes that we made. As far as the east is from the west. And some of us need that moved away because some of us made mistakes in our life and we still haven't let God take it as far as the east is from the west. Sometimes try, people try to pin our past failures on us when we've fully repented and told God about it and said we're sorry. But we have to say, wait, I'm sorry. Just a minute. That's been separated from me. Hey, do you know how far the east is from the west? Well, that's how far that thing you're talking to me about has been separated out of my life. That's good news. You could say amen or something. You might be, yeah. I don't suppose there's anybody that has sin in their life or ever had any mistakes, but just in case there might be somebody. This is good news, right? As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. He remembers. He remembers. And his righteousness with what? Their children's children. And even beyond that. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. I just keep hearing the Lord tug at me. The Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. I declare God's righteousness God's blessing, God's care over your children today and over your children's children. I declare that over you today. If you know Jesus Christ, I declare that over every child, every grandchild, and even beyond, all through the generations. May the Lord reproduce His blessing, the blessing that He has over your life to all your kids. All your children will be taught of the Lord, Scripture says, and great will be their peace. I declare that over you today. Praise the Lord, you whose angels. And I think it's amazing. Uh, while we're worshiping here, there's also angelic presence Amen. worshiping. You can feel them sometimes. Sometimes people see them in our services. Sometimes they become obvious, right? But they're always there with us. You mighty ones who do his bidding, you who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do as well. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Now, I could just like stop this right now and just close the Bible and go home. I just preached a great sermon. <laughs> All right? But, of course, I can't do that. 
Because <laughs> it's just too good a news. So we just got to talk about some of it, right? So those first few verses, our sins are forgiven. Our diseases are healed. Forget not his benefits. We're redeemed from every pit. I like that. Aren't you glad of verse 4? Who redeems your life from the pit. Somehow pit describes it the very best, doesn't it? This is the pits. <laughs> you know, it's just the pit. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have a better word. There's no better word than that sometimes, you know. This is just the pits. That's it, you know. But we were, he redeems our life from the pit. Praise and worship have this way of helping us, you know. Forget not his benefits. You know, sometimes I think when we, we worship uh, like we've done today, it helps us to to remember these things. It, it dials it up. It, something about that. I, I don't know how to explain that, but, you know, uh, when we worship, it just brings to mind these glorious things and it takes us closer to the truth, doesn't it? I like it. We're crowned with compassion, verses 4 and 5. Isn't that amazing? We're compassion. We're crowned with compassion. I, I just uh, Our desires are satisfied with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles, verse 5. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. What an incredible word that is. I was just thinking about that uh, eagle word. There's some kind of some false things about eagles, like some things that have been said about them. But one thing about an eagle is that the eagles molt, like lot, most birds do, right? But they molt and get a whole new, new batch of feathers every single year. And so do we. We just need that kind of... Uh, renewal and, and the Holy Spirit is so incredibly faithful uh, to do it. And I, I just want to read uh, Acts uh, 16 here, uh, verses uh, 25 to 26. Um, so Paul was in jail, and, um, and we've been mentioning this a lot lately, but I can't get it out of my mind because um, while he was in jail, he's remembering the benefits of God. And uh, he's literally in the physical jail. And so about midnight, him and Silas, after being beaten with rods and bleeding all over the place, they're in there singing, praying and singing hymns to God. Amen. And I, I just think that uh, as you tie that then, you know, uh, who redeems your life from the pit, you know, sometimes the you're redeemed from the pit, but uh, there's a little worship that goes on and a little blessing to the Lord that happens because you can still bless God while you're in the pit, but it's amazing how the Lord delivers. And this story in Acts chapter 16, which is one of the most dramatic in the whole Bible, he's in jail, he's fastened to the floor, and him and Paul and Silas are just worshiping the Lord with all their heart, right? Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And of course most of us know the rest of the story. That led to his release because the jailer repents all the people in the prison get saved, and before he knows it's the next day, right, they're begging him to leave after putting him in jail. How do circumstances turn like that? Well, this passage that we see here is very, very powerful here. You know, he, 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 re, he satisfies your desires with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagles. He, he works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed and and sometimes this righteousness and justice working for all the oppressed just comes by our attitude, by our response, because you know what? Think about the justice issue. Where is the judge of the whole earth? Where's the one over all the other presidents and judges? It's the Lord himself, right? So when we sing, we worship, 
We, we remember God's benefits. We just honor Him. He works righteous injustices for us. He writes righteousness and justice. In this case, got these two guys out of jail. But what kind of jail are you in? Where are you at? Who's put you there? Even municipal authorities or whatever. Uh, God has this way of getting us out. It's just that we just have to appeal to the King of Kings. Remember the benefits of being loved by God. He's over all authority, right? We confess our sins. It's a huge thing to get out of trouble, right? Just say, I did it. <laughs> Don't be around the bush. Be honest. And say, God, I have no idea how you're going to get me out of this. I did it. Please forgive me. Now I just want to worship again. Thank you very much. And I'm depending on you to now be my righteousness, be my justice, and get me out of this place. I don't suppose there's anybody else that ever reaches these places, but just in case you're one of those today, there you go, or in the future, right? Because you're looking at me like, well, I've never done that before. And I know. If you haven't, try it. It's really good. It really works, right? It's nice to have, as you see in point D, there are sins removed as far as the east is from the west. Wow. We read that in Psalm 103, verses 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That's pretty good. How, 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 how much love is that? I think that one problem we all face is we just have too little of a love quotient. We think God loves us just this much, and especially if we're being really good, you know, or done something outstanding. But as we see, this is, this, as we look through these scriptures, it's not just that. It's even our deepest darkness, and, the, and even when we've been treated unfairly, and even when we've sinned, and we shouldn't have. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeemed your life from every pit, even the ones you made, got yourself into. What good news this is. I don't ever get tired of, of reading this uh, or, or reading these passages or just believing them. For as high as the heavens, verse 11, are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. That's pretty high. It's even so high and so dramatic, it's even hard to get a hold of your, your mind around it. But once you get your mind around it a little bit and realize how much you're loved, wow, you begin to have a different perspective on what might be possible in your life, what God might do in your life. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, we, sometimes we've made mistakes. We have these things that just keep hanging on. The enemy of our soul is more than happy to condemn us and to keep all those things, those mistakes we made, hanging on. But that's not the Lord. You can get rid of all of that. I don't care how bad you blew it. As far as the east is from the west, he removes your transgressions. All you got to do is say, I blew it. I agree with you, Jesus. I agree with you, Jesus. My life's a mess. I need change. I agree. <laughs> By faith, you say that. You mean it. And the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to remove that thing as far as the east is from the west. Now, as far as I can tell, the east and the west a long time. Now, you came from San Bernardino today. That's a long way for most of us here, right? That's a long way. That's way out east, isn't it? Took a while to get here, didn't it? 7 o'clock this morning. You got here, right? <laughs> so your kids are in flag ministry, you said? Oh, flag. Yeah, that's right. That's right. As far as the east is from the west, my, my, what a, what a promise from God. He's removed our transgressions from us. That means they have no effect on us. That means we're free. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. There's no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't let the enemy keep bringing it up and pinning your tail, like pin the tail of a donkey, pin you with that, right? Don't be a donkey. Get free, right? As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord. <laughs> it's like we play that game all the time. He pins the, pins the needle on our tail, always jabbing at us, condemning us, reminding us of little things, of big things, right? But what that does, it gets us off the subject. I'm sorry, Satan, I can't think about that right now. I'm too busy thinking about how much God loves me. And when I think that way, guess what? I start doing things God does. It's hard to do things for God out of condemnation, right? It just turns into religious work and we feel worse than ever. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And so for you that have experienced fatherhood or motherhood, you know what that means. But even if you have it, you can get the idea. The idea is that we're supposed to have kindness and compassion toward our kids and the Lord's just like that part but even more right even more oh, don't you like these verses so far are they good so far anybody get anything out of them? I know you've read them but I actually frankly I can't read these verses enough I don't know maybe I'm just messed up but I, I love these verses so much so look at Roman numeral 2 Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before Christ will be bought for us at the cross and received as the heritage of the servants of the Lord now, if you read Isaiah chapter 53, it's the most one of the most remarkable passages in all the Bible because hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came, these verses tell in detail, Isaiah 53, exactly what Jesus was going to go through. Every one of these verses. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on this is Isaiah 53. And his wound, by his wounds we were healed and it talks about he was despised and rejected by humanity, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. Uh, he was oppressed and afflicted. He led, was led like a lamb to the slaughter. By oppression and judgment he was taken. All these things are in Isaiah 53. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death. That speaks of how it literally happened historically. It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my servant will justify many. And this is, therefore, I'll give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils of This is all Isaiah 53. But Isaiah chapter 54 is what happened as a result of all that sacrifice. It's the most amazing prophetic thing, more of the most amazing in the whole scripture. Thousands of years before it happened, or hundreds of years before it happened, this Isaiah the prophet is prophesying what Jesus was going to go through, and sometimes in amazing detail. Matter of fact, I heard it said one day, and I'm going to get this absolutely wrong because I can't remember all the detail, but if you were to pile the silver dollars like up to five feet or all around the earth, something like that, you know, it's, uh, there's a greater, and then just uh, say, go, you know, and, and put one of them in the state of Texas, right? It would be easier to find that than the chances of all the prophecies coming to pass in the scriptures. I totally messed that up, but whatever it is, approximately. And so, but the point is, these prophecies came to pass, and they prophesied all kinds of very particular things about what happened with Jesus, which is nice and good, right? But I like Isaiah chapter 54 even better, because I already know what happened to him, right? I believe the scriptures. But Isaiah chapter 54 tells us what was bought by that cross, and so there's some of the most beautiful passages in the whole Bible, and sometimes we forget them. I, I tried to go through these passages uh, in the Old Testament even here 
um, just every once every few weeks just to remind myself of what what's mine. Sort of look in the treasure chest. You know how you check the bank to see what you got in there, you know? This is what you get to do, right? Look at this one here. I think you're going to like these verses. Isaiah 54, 13 to 17. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. That's a pretty good one, huh? How many of your children would that be? So if you have four kids, is it three and a half? Is it two? No, it's all of them, right? All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. That's a promise you should declare for your kids every single day. I've been doing it over my kids ever since they were babies. All my children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you will be established. In other words, you're, gonna be, you're, you're clean, you're clear, established. You can put your feet on solid ground and, 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 and be, hold your head up. Not because of your greatness, but because of what God's done for you. You're clean, you're free, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God's going to establish you and make you more like Him every day if you let Him. Right? That's part of the promise. Tyranny will be far from you. There's a little tyranny in the atmosphere. Anybody noticed it? <laughs> so I want it as far from me as possible. How about that? But there's the promise. You'll have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. What do you mean? There's been some terror in the earth. COVID-19, and you know, and if you can't get that one, then just everyone that the news, news will tell you all about every terror you want to know. Just turn the news on, and you can be terrified for a solid hour there. You can go two hours, be even more terrified, right? If you don't know enough terror, just turn the news on. It'll tell you all about the terror. You, 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 were, you didn't think you were afraid of, but now you are, right? But look what it is for us. And this is why the world has such a hard time understanding us. They have a really hard time. Because we're the people that read this book and we go, wait a minute. Like, I'm under a different jurisdiction. Yes, I belong in the United States of America, but I'm under somebody else. I'm in a different place here. Like, look, terror will be far removed. It, it won't come near me. So I don't need to be afraid even when they bark at me. You know, even when they make bad noises and Try to scare me in the dark. No, I'm not going to be afraid. That's why the world is having such a hard time understanding the church. We're not afraid of your stinking disease, some of which is invented and some of which is real. We're not afraid of what you think that we're afraid of. If you want to understand us, we're not just some political novices that are out there scratching around trying to get our opinions so we make some money. No, we actually believe this from our heart. We know who we are. Do you know who you are? But you better find out who we are because we are going to be trouble for you. Right? And it's not because we're so smart. When you stray into that territory and think you're smart, forget it. You're not that smart. You're not that conniving. But you have Jesus. And this one says here, uh, tyranny will be far from me. So if I can't get rid of it by ordinary means, by election means, I will get rid of it by my prayer life. I will go to the highest heaven and I will bind the demon of hell that's causing this. And I'll tell him to leave. And if I need to stand up and, and resist that demon in some space, some political space, I'll do it. But the most important thing is I've, I'm armed and dangerous, but not what you think. Not the way you think, right? I'm far more dangerous to you than you think, right? That's really what's happening here. Tyranny will be far from you. You'll have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. So even as things happen in the world, the church is different. And we're praying for our own nation to be, for the terror to be removed. But at least the holy nation 
These things are true. These are the things that we get to stand on. Prophesied by the death of Jesus and inherited by the church. Prophesied over thousands of years, even now hundreds and thousands of years now. Wow. These promises last and they've been true in every generation, right? If anyone does attack you, look at this, it will not be my doing. Don't blame it on God. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Is this real? Think about the context of this, of your life, especially these days. See, it's I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. It is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. See, I created all this stuff, and I've got these purposes I'm working out through them, right, for my own ends. No weapon forged against you, however, will prevail. You'll refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage the right, the covenant of the servants of the Lord. This is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Wow. I love these verses. I like verse 13 so much. All your children, not one of them, not three of them. If you have five, it's five. Even your stepchildren, everybody, all your children be taught of the Lord, and great will be their peace. Wow. Not just our inner tranquility, but that word is the word shalom. It's not just a word of inner like, mm, you know, I'm meditating. No, I'm getting tranquil now. You know, I'm taking a couple of pills, sleeping pills. What? No, no, no. Look, the word shalom has to do with a wide berth. It's peace. When the Bible, when they said shalom to one another, they were saying. Shalom, blessing be on your finances, blessing be on your relationships, blessing be on your family, blessing be on your house. Shalom, my brother. From the Hebrew, it has a bigger thing. It's not just that I'm okay on the inside. It's that everything's okay on the outside. These problems that linger, you can speak shalom over them because your right, your inheritance as a believer is to have peace, the peace of God, the order of God in things that are disorderly. The blessing of God where things aren't blessed. Shalom. Oh, I like that. Brent, call your house Shalom House. Shalom House. He just bought another house. A house, not another one. That's the important thing. A house. Shalom. Be on your house. In righteousness. And you know what? It's a lot more shalom when you own a house than when you don't, right? Because <laughs> you know where you're going to be here next week, right? You're going to be in that house, right? In righteousness you'll be established. Terror will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. Isaiah 54:14. If anyone does attack you, it will not be the Lord's doing. In fact, whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Again, I'm just reading my outline here. Because God works all things together for his purpose, even the destroyer to work havoc. That's actually verse 16. He created the enemy, right? Well, rather we should say this. He allowed the enemy to do his stuff. So he could compare his grace with what the enemy had in mind. And somehow or in this whole cosmic thing, this is the most amazing story. We'll find out all about it at the end of time or somehow, however that works out right. But for us, it's important that we know no weapon forged against you will prevail. You'll refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is like this. I like this part. I didn't mention this before. And this is their vindication from me. This is how... You, hey, 
This is how God proves to you that you're different from the world. This is my vidicate. You walk with God. You walk with a, a person of a different drummer, so to speak. You walk with the king of kings, not just a king. So God's vindication is what we're after. And he can vindicate anything, anything that's undone, not put together, not right. right. And part of this he loves to do because this is his stamp. Hey, you belong to me. Hey, you're mine. Right? Romans 8.28 says it a new way. And it's in the New Testament. It's just such a beautiful thing. And it's one of the most glorious passages in the entire Bible. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. How, how many things? COVID-19, can that work for us? Yeah, it can work for everything. It's all turning out for the good, right? Those who love him, good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Wow. Listen, could I just say this? Some say, well, um, some days I think I'm called to his purpose, and sometimes I'm not. No, listen, it's deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. If this is dependent on your performance, forget it. It won't work. You were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you just have to live in it by faith. You can't add to it. You can't make it more happen. But if you're saved, you're called according to his purpose. And so the, even the evil that you're experiencing, you know, especially if you've wandered from the Lord, he may have to help you a little bit. Find your way back home. Let you sort of taste what's out there. You know, that's evil, that you thought was so great and so good, right? That's part of growing up. What you thought was so lovely and so wonderful, and you thought having this would be so wonderful, that would happen. Turns out it's not so wonderful. But even those things that we experience, those lessons that we learn, it all works together for our good, so we become better lovers of Jesus, so we come into a better place with God. It's the promise of God. Everything, your stinking mistakes, things that have happened, abuse that's happened to you, things that were undeserved, all of it, God takes that thing and makes it work together for your good if you let Him. The only thing that interrupts it is your own bitterness and anger and, and, and pulling away. This is a, a system that works perfectly. You just got to commit yourself to the Lord and take Him at His word and forgive everybody who needs to be forgiven and walk with God. And I'm telling you, this thing works like clockwork. It may take a while for the good to appear, but it will appear. And that's why you have these words. That's why it's written down. You know why it's written down? So you can read and say, okay, I'm believing this instead of the lie that I'm going down the toilet, that I'm not going to be any good, and that I'm, I'm going to be destroyed like the rest of the world. You have to stand on this word. This is called the living word, the active word. It's alive. It's not just on a page. It's not just some like hum thing that we do like the, the Buddhists do, like that, you know. You know, hoping to God they're touching something. All they're touching is demons that are tormenting them even more. They're so ignorant, so stupid, they don't know. That's why we got to go tell them about Jesus. It's important. Right? But sometimes we live like that. We live ignorantly. We live like we're not who we are. That's why we need to remember the benefits of being loved by God. What the cross purchased. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why did he do that? Why would he do that? Do you think God's somehow immune? He didn't make himself immune from the suffering of his son. Nor did his son, was he immune? He went through death. He suffered. He was crucified for heaven's sake. For heaven's sake. <laughs> and for earth's sake. And the father went through pain and the son went through pain. And why? So that all these promises and benefits that God longed to pour on humanity would come to pass. It's so dumb to live across... Uh, crosswise from these promises. They're all there for you. God's for you. That's another one. Not against you. That's maybe the best, biggest lesson you could probably learn about God in your whole life. God's for me, not against me. 
Look at Roman number three. All these promises are for believers from birth to old age. Isaiah 46. Can I have the worship team come up? I know they're going to be a little shocked I'm finishing a little earlier than they're used to, so you might want to round them up. Or not. Maybe I'll speak for another half hour. Who knows? You might just round them up just in case a miracle happens and the water parts, and uh, we have a short sermon today. I think it's happening. I can feel it. It's, it's about... To, Maybe some of you have been praying for that. Maybe you've been remembering the benefits, you know, and you've been praying, oh God, please help Pastor Mike to slow it down and make it a little bit uh, shorter. So you can even pray for stuff like that. It's amazing. I'm not going to ask how many have been praying that, but anyway. <clears throat> so look at uh, Isaiah 46. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel. You who I am upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born. Alright. So this is a picture of the Old Testament people, right? Who foreshadowed the New Testament people. So we've been bought with greater sacrifices, right? We've been given a, a new covenant that builds on the old, foreshadowed by the old. So the Old Testament people are part of that long covenant, but they were carried. He carried descendants of Jacob, remnant of the people of Israel. He'd been carrying the literal nation, and he's still carrying them, right, to this day. Right? He says, I've upheld you since your birth. And so even thinking back on Moses and all the trials and how the Lord would deliver them time and time again, keep upholding them all the way to them. So our whole Old Testament is a picture of how God's upholding his people, a particular people named Israel, who then became a larger group of people called his church, right? And so this larger people qualifies with these verses. And we also get carried. Have you ever been carried with the Lord, carried by the Lord when you made a horrible mistake? Or maybe when you've been ill or maybe a horrible disappointment. Maybe you could hardly move. Maybe you couldn't even, didn't even know what you could, but the Lord somehow carried you through and you got to the other side. Sometimes we've been through such horrible things we don't even know how we got to the other side. We just thank God we got there, right? There is this caring the Lord does. It's just so beautiful. When we reflect on our lives, we just realize, man, He carried me through that one. He carried me through that one, right? So He says, since you were born. I just believe God's so big. He, He knew each of you when you were born. He understood you'd be here to this place. He understood you would know the Lord or think about knowing the Lord. Maybe some of you are trying to make up your mind about the Lord, right? But when it happens, when you become born again, something amazing happens. God starts carrying you in a way you can't imagine. But look what it says in verse 4. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am He. I am He who will sustain you. So even when you're old and worn out, even if you've gone through many, many trials and temptations and troubles, He didn't leave anywhere. God is absolutely faithful. You take a step toward Him. You commit your life to Him. He won't let go. You let go of Him, you'll find Him. He may have to persuade you. He may have to help you a little bit. Sometimes our trials help us. But He's always there, waiting, watching, healing, delivering, 
not just you, but as we saw all of our children, all these promises, they're all there, aren't they? Every one of them. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. And I just thought this song they were singing earlier, and it's such a beautiful song, and I just want to sing it again, and uh, I just want to just, all of us stand here for a moment. And um, I just think that uh, maybe before we sing this song, and just uh, we'll be closing on this, uh, somebody better go to warn the children's ministry. They're probably going to freak out if everybody shows up early here. That's okay. A miracle has just happened. The Red Sea has just parted. What I like to do, I just believe when I was making this message, I I, I just believe that somehow there's going to be some special encounters, maybe even more than usual that we have here at the front. I I felt like even when I was uh, studying this, I was feeling the presence of the Lord well up on me, and I was thinking, wow, I think if people respond to this tomorrow, there's going to be some amazing benefits even beyond what they've experienced already, maybe even some transitions. God loves to do that. Sometimes we just need to set the stage for him to do that. So I'm going to set the stage for God to transition you. Now what I mean by that is we're going to pray and ask God to do something and that's going to begin to happen. Some of you today, this morning, and for some of you this week, and just I'm not even talking about in the distance. I'm talking about the benefits of being loved by God and now, in the now within a few days, weeks maybe, you know, but certainly the tide turning, right? I don't suppose anybody would like the tide to turn in their life in some area, but it's amazing how he leaves those little things in our life, right? <laughs> like like I'm the pastor of the church and I have a list this long of things I need to, need changed, right? <laughs> right? So I just could imagine where we're all at. I'm like everybody else, you know? So I love these times because I see them as interfacing times. And so what I'd like to do is two things. I'd like to, in a moment, I'm just going to call some of our ministry team to come up and help because we're just going to... So you can come up, and if you don't want to meet with a ministry team member, you don't have to, but if you want someone to pray with and agree with, it's very powerful, this prayer of agreement that we have, where two or three gather together in my name. All right, there's a powerful thing that happens. That's why we love to have people up there. We just do it because we think it's kind of fun to pray for people. It is fun to pray for people, but it's that we get to see miracles happen when two agree in prayer, and it sort of focuses a little bit and helps us to be a receiver, right? So you may need prayer about your family. You may need prayer about your health. You may need prayer about this or that. If you want to pray in your seat, uh, even while we're worshiping here, and just ask God and remember his benefits and call them down in your head, do it. But I would encourage you, whatever you do, as I bring the service to close, just to pause for at least a couple of minutes. Do some business with God. I don't know, maybe some of you aren't even in any trouble at all. I doubt it, but or maybe you're just not in touch with it emotionally, but some of you, like this brother, are very much in touch with it, right? So I'd like the ministry team to come up because I'd like you to be able to pray with people if they want to, you to come. And I, this a prayer of agreement is one of the most powerful things. Not only did we have prayer, but the Lord said, we're two or three gathered together in my name. There I am in their midst. There's this gathering, and when two of you agree about anything, it'll be done. I just like that. 
And you might even, from your seat, if you don't feel comfortable coming up here to the front and praying with somebody, you could just maybe grab your wife's hand or, or maybe your friend that's standing next to you. And if you like, just take a moment. Uh, I just think there's some sort of window here. If we just take advantage of it, just pause for a moment. And I'm giving you extra time to pause for a moment. I just think that God might just do something so amazing. Some of the benefits of being loved by God might just be enacted, brought forward, transpire right now. Put into motion from what you say this morning in prayer and brought into your life. Say those things from your seat. Say them with someone up here. We'll be here for the next 15 minutes or so, okay? So we're just going to worship and pray, and you do business with God as best you can. And, and uh, God bless you all. Don't forget His benefits.